1: Welcome to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Cherubasi. There are gremlins in the system. I
0: was going to say, sorry, we were missing a file there, and so then it flipped on my face, and and I was confused. You know
1: what it is, Sarah? Did Steven delete something that he shouldn't have? Aliens.
0: It could have. That's true. I thought i put the file in. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I'm telling people for years, my wife used to laugh at me. Who's laughing now? Hope.
0: And we just did a show, too. (laughs) Everything was, I don't know, we were Mm -hmm. missing something. Mm -hmm. Here they come. Uh
1: Sabotage. All right. Well, we better get the show going <laughs> quickly. Um, thanks everybody for being with us. We appreciate you. Make sure you smash that like button for us on the YouTube page. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube as well. Podcast listeners, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would be very, very helpful. Uh, as you know, I think by now, if you're someone who watches the show, uh, yesterday, I guess, late afternoon. Blackhawks chairman Rocky Wirtz passed away at the age of seventy. Uh, Mario and I were able to jump on last night late and do kind of a quick uh, breaking news sort of a podcast. Greg was at his uh, trivia event, so didn't get the opportunity. So, um, before we all get into it, we want to give Greg a minute to just kind of offer his thoughts right off the bat and uh, and let us know what you think. Yeah, um, thank you. You guys did a great job last night, so try not to repeat
2: how you guys laid it out as much. Uh, obviously, first and foremost, uh, sending my condolences and sympathies to the, the entire Wirtz family and Blackhawks organization. You know, Rocky Wirtz was, was a, a man that was so proud of being the Blackhawks owner and being the leader of an organization, and he was so proud of their achievements. And I know we're going to talk about his legacy, and his legacy is... The overwhelmingly positive and good You know There's blemishes along the way But who won't have a blemish on their legacy When it's all said and done right. You know we, we all know the situation that, that still has people Not happy with situations But overall I'm going to tell this is, this is how you know Rocky Wirtz Did something important here I remember I took my dad uh, To a Hawks game Early on in the Stanley Cup era, when I still had season tickets, probably 2009, maybe 2010. I remember early on, Rocky would sit in the crowd for mm-hmm. the games. He would either sit in the 100 level, and, or yeah. sometimes I remember him sitting a couple of games up in the 300 level behind, like in the standing room only section. They'd put seats down for him to sit up there. It happened like two sections over from mine. <clears throat> I remember taking my dad to this game. They put Rocky Wertz on the big screen, and the place goes nuts. 20,000 people start chanting, Rocky, Rocky. My dad sat there. My dad had been going to Hawks game since the Arthur Wurtz era. Yeah. Yeah. Lived through the entire Bill Wurtz era. My dad says to me, I can't believe
1: that a member of the Wurtz family is being cheered at a Blackhawks game. Look, for those that don't remember, and I know there's a lot of folks here who are young and don't remember the dark ages when Bill Wurtz was in charge. When Bill Wurtz passed away. They did a moment of silence at a game, and people booed. Yeah, people booed no. during a moment of silence, and I think that's disgusting. Like a, like I a think eulogy, it's, right? It's or was it more than
2: It was the ceremony before the opening night because he'd passed away just yeah. before the 2007 season. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Wirts, that's the opening chapter of Rocky Wirts' book, *The Breakaway*. Which, if you've never read, I recommend everybody read it. It's yeah. very good, a brutally honest story about his dad and his grandfather and, and his taking over of the team he sat there in the united center and listened to people boo during a moment of silence honoring mm-hmm. his father i mean how that's brutal yes but his father and never appropriate by the no. Way. regardless the of how you feel i was never yeah. a bill words fan but i would never do that um but this is a man that took over an organization that was a complete afterthought in this city, a laughing stock across professional sports. Mm-hmm. And he made it relevant. He made it a world-class organization. He made it a model organization. He made hockey matter again in Chicago. And a lot of us thought that was never going to happen again. And he did it right off the bat. He did easy things to correct some of the wrongs in the past. Started off by bringing, in, bringing back Pat Foley bringing back and mending relationships with some of the all-time greats that had turned their back on the organization, like Stan Makeda and Bobby Hull, Tony Esposito. Those things are important. Putting home games on TV, that never happened until Rocky Woods. Not only home games on TV, he had games during the Stanley Cup era on WGN. Free, local TV. That was unheard of. And you would think those are easy moves. But he did these things. He made people want to watch a product that most people, for, for a while there, the Blackhawks were paying the score That's right. to broadcast their games on the radio. That's not how that works. The media outlets are supposed to pay
1: you. The Blackhawks had to pay to yes. put their games on the radio. That shows you where they were. I, was in the, I, was, I produced those games, and I was in those meetings. And uh, boy, that was, again, pre-Rocky. And you talk about like an organization that was just in the past, like just sleepy and all old guys running that just did not understand the concept of, I mean, the fact that you think up to what, 2007, that putting your games on TV is bad for business shows you how backwards thinking they were. Yes. It was just, it was crazy and it was, it was kind of ingrained in the organization, like top to bottom. It's how everybody thought. And it was weird. And I mentioned on last night's show that, and this is in Rocky's book as well, that forever the expectation would be that when bill either passed away or was ready to retire that peter Wirtz would take over the blackhawks and peter was much more in line with bill's way of thinking so when rocky took over it was a big deal in the family it was a big deal it was kind of a shock that rocky was the guy that got it but thank god it was him yeah right and yes putting games on tv is easy yes to all those little things he did are easy to do and, and common sense. But he went from an organization that when Jack O'Callaghan signed with the Blackhawks, they gave him a jacket to wear at the press conference. And when it was over, they said, All right, give us a jacket back, to paying Marion Hosa, right. to going out and getting top free agents and signing their star players so they never walk away before <laughs> they they walk away yeah. too late. You know, in a lot of cases, right. Like that, it was a complete shift in how the business was run. And it took it from, in 2007, there was a story on ESPN.com that the Blackhawks were the worst franchise yeah, in they sports. they were up there with, like, the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes. And, and, and six years later, Sports Illustrated had a cover that said the franchise had saved hockey with the Blackhawks on it. Yeah. In six years from worst to one of the top organizations in sports, and Rocky Wirtz gets a ton of credit for that. Absolutely. And and coming on at that
2: right time, too, you know, it was right after Patrick Kane was drafted, Jonathan Taze was coming. It was right at the perfect, it was the perfect storm yeah. to have new ownership as this exciting new team is coming together. It's kind of weird how, it, you know, history is kind of repeating itself yeah. right now. Um, but there were some of the other things about Rocky that you could tell he cared he cared about winning and you I guarantee you if there was no hard salary cap in the NHL, he would have done he would have given the okay to do everything possible to keep all this that team together as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. He he did it everything, you know, the long term deals for Seabrook and Keith and HOSA and Kane and Taze. But you, I guarantee you, if there was no such thing as the hard cap or a luxury tax, he'd pay that tax. Brendan Saad never would have been traded. Artemi Panera never would have been the traded. Think about
3: that 2010 team would have never been dis- yeah, dismantled. Yeah, Dustin
2: Bufflin wouldn't have had to mm-hmm. get traded. You know, uh, you, you wouldn't have had to trade away Tavo Taravine and to get rid of Brian Bickle's contract. All these things. There would have been four, five, six Stanley Cups, or at least... A couple more trips to the cup final. Yeah. Because Rocky Wirtz loved to win. He did. Well, and that's guess what, what made him so different from all the other owners <laughs> in this town. It wasn't just about the gate. And winning is good for the gate. That's the whole point. When you win, more people (laughs) want to see you. You play more playoff games where his dad's mentality was, let's just get to the playoffs, get that one series of extra tickets. Anything after that is gravy. Yeah. But we don't actually care about winning. Those 80s and 90s teams that were always so close. But Rocky made sure that they went over the top
1: and they got those guys. That's a great point because when you look at the 90s Hawks, all the guys that made me fall in love with the game. Rowan. Hall of Famers. Larmer. Belfour, Chelios. That team was always one guy away from winning a cup. And they were probably good enough to win a cup. Like that series against Colorado in 96, whoever won that series was winning the cup. But Colorado had a little more firepower. They had Patrick Waugh versus Eddie Belfort, so a little bit notch better in goal, even though Belfour was outstanding in that series. Yeah. But the Hawks would never, ever go out and get that big free agent. It was always... Big name at the end of his career was Doug Gilmore, Wendell Clark, Paul Coffey. Wow, look at these names. These guys are Hall of Famers. Yeah, they're five years past their Peter prime. Peter Bondra. Yes, yeah. right. Uh, you know, they were never yeah. go get the big free agent. How many times did Hawks fans believe Brett Hull was coming to the Blackhawks? Or Keith Tuchuk was a guy that yeah. was forever. And, yeah, and Brett and Hull, it, Brett it, Hull. It, I, I know
2: a guy that that his buddy says that it's, it's going to be this year. They're going to trade <laughs> for Hull every,
1: every summer in the 90s you heard and Brett Hall was put coming. Brett Hall on any of those 90s Hawks teams and you got at least one cup guaranteed. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Guaranteed. So, so so he yeah, Rocky
2: cared he loved he loved hearing his name chanted. Who wouldn't? He loved the pictures that he got to have with the Stanley Cup. He lived for that. And that's what you want out of your ownership. We have too many owners in this town and all across pro sports that just care about the bottom line. Get me enough to where I make a profit this year. Rocky knew nothing was more profitable than winning a Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And, you know, that's what made the 2010 stuff and then the the town hall outburst. That's what made that so disappointing.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Because you
2: knew that's not. The real Rocky Wirtz. You knew that he was just as angry that that happened on his watch as we were. And I, I hope think so. I think that's where that outburst came from. And yes, it's it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, and you're gonna have memories of that. But all the good he accomplished, he is leaving the Blackhawks. In a place a million times better Than he inherited it And yeah. that's what he should be remembered for And that's what he's going to be remembered for But yes there's the blemish And that's what made all of that So disappointing because you knew Rocky Really gave a shit And yeah. really cared And yes the, the the law firm report Pretty much in the reports I, You know It's fairly apparent he didn't know a lot was going on At the time Uh, I I don't think it ever got that far, but you know, there's the response to that. And then there's all that stuff. And we don't need to go over. We've talked about that a hundred times. The bottom line is at the end of the day, the positive, Rocky cared about the fans, cared about this team, cared about, cared about this city. He invested so much in the programs within the community, within different organizations, very charitable, and that showed a lot. So, again, that's why the 2010 stuff was hurts more. Because yeah. you never thought Rocky was a villain. You know, people who lived through the Bill Wirtz thought Bill Wirtz was a villain. People who lived through Arthur Wirtz thought Arthur Wirtz yeah. was a
1: villain. You never pictured Rocky as a villain. I've been thinking a lot about that outburst over the last, what, 12 hours or so, whatever it's been, 18 hours since we got the news of the passing. And, and I think what shocked... Everybody there, including Danny, who was sitting right next to him, was that it seemed so out of character and it seemed so out of the blue. Like, we had never seen that kind of behavior from Rocky before, uh, or really since, right? Like, it was just that kind of one isolated incident, then the double down, and everyone's like, where is this coming from? And I, look, whatever the reason is, there's no excuse for it. I'm not trying to justify it. I'm just trying to understand it and where he was coming from in the moment because. We have f- people who work for All City, who used to work for the Blackhawks, who wrote us privately and said, for, for what it's worth, working for Rocky Works was a pleasure. Every day was great. Treated us all very well. Uh, there was never any kind of weird tension or anything like that. And I think that outburst struck people. And I, I don't know if it was Rocky maybe just embarrassed about the whole thing and just wanting to move on. And, and maybe his thought going into the town hall was, this will be a fresh slate for us. We can kind of restate where we're at. And big miscalculation for him to not expect that question coming, but I feel like that might have been why the reaction was what it was. Was look, it's handled, it's settled. Kyle Beach has his money. We're all looking to move on here. It's none of your business how we're going to handle things from here on out. Rude, coarse, all those things. Absolutely, but I think I, I try to wonder, you know, where it came from. Again, if it's someone that is known as. Someone who's like that all the time. Right. If, if Rocky Wirts was Mr. Burns
2: from The Simpsons, yes. you'd be like, Oh, Rocky's being Rocky. Right. But, but when was... you got a guy that's jovial and happy and from all accounts, you know, I got to interview him once when his book came out. Great guy from, from the ten minutes yeah. of time I had from him. So to have that come from him, that's why it, it sticks yeah. with us. And so I think much. He, I
1: think also the embarrassment of being in charge and not knowing that that was going down. At least that's what the investigation found. That's what he says. And I saw a quote yesterday, I can't remember where it was, that this is before all this went down. John McDonough said something along the lines of, I only tell Rocky words 7% of what's happening. The rest of the stuff is on like a need to know basis. I handle the little things like, is it presidential? Is it something he needs to know about? No, then I'll handle it. And if, if John McDonough is the guy making that call, very little in his mind needs to go up top. So uh, I think embarrassment, frustration, uh, the hope to move on, hoping the question wouldn't come, and then the frustration when it did. Again, it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. Um, but, I know, you try to understand where people are coming from in these things, and knowing what we know about Rocky, that's kind of the only explanation I can come up with. Yeah, and that's fair and just, and I think it's on point. Um,
2: you know, and, and, and to move on from that and just wrap up the, the, the thoughts on Rocky, you know, it, he was he saved this franchise there's no doubt about that we wouldn't be sitting here with these jobs if it wasn't for Rocky Wertz (laughs) and I think going forward I think the Blackhawks are in very good and capable hands uh you know I don't know the exact uh plan but I'm I'm positive it's Danny who's going to take on that role going on from here I know there's other siblings that could be you know mm-hmm. maybe a partnership but i think danny has been groomed for this role and and you know having conversations both on the record and off the record with danny Wertz over the last year and a half you could tell the values that were instilled mm-hmm. from rocky and and his parents and you know i think the i think the team is in very capable and good hands going forward um and uh you know, it's a shame that we still have to bring up the 2010 stuff. You know, it's I, never going to go away. I, I, it we is what it legacy is. It's part of it. Right. And and but in the end, the positive overwhelmingly outweighs the negative from the Rocky Wurtz era of the Blackhawks. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful that we had that time that then he was able to what for everything he did for this organization, for this sport. Um, in this city you know he he did he accomplished things <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> he accomplished things many people who were hawks fans in the 80s 90s and first you know early 2000s thought were never possible
1: and and for that I'm thankful yeah absolutely well said um I don't know how much more there is to add to that um I think we did a Mario and I covered a lot of it yesterday if you want to go back and listen to that one when this one's over but um Look, it's just, as I said last night, I think it's a reminder that, um, you know, people are human, people are flawed, people are complex. And I don't think one moment defines a person, uh, no. you know, short of a murder or something along those lines. Right. But uh, I, I just think, um, you know, it's, it's important to look at these things with a little bit of nuance. And I know that there are people on both sides of the Rocky Words argument that just refuse to. It's either he is a complete hero or he is complete trash and there's no in-between. The in-between is reality for everybody, for everybody that's ever walked this earth uh, the in between I've, is is where most things live. I've
2: had emotional outbursts. I've said insensitive things that I regret later in Absolutely. life. Absolutely. We all have and you know, I think
1: you say all the time if you can go back in time and punch your 20-year-old self, you would do it? I would kick my I would kick <laughs> 22-year-old Greg's ass. Yeah. Repeatedly because he deserved it.
2: Shit, 30-year-old Greg would deserve a beating too. Yeah. The, the key is we all make mistakes and it's learning from those mistakes and not repeating them, which is which is how you uh navigate through this this uh, uh, thing called life exactly yep. yep anything else to add
3: no i i'm i think you guys all uh covered everything and um yeah i think we'll know what the future of the ownership looks like but relatively soon because you'd figure they'd get that ironed out before the uh the the, the season gets underway and yeah i think it makes the most sense that danny would step into that role of yeah kind of being that face of ownership for the Blackhawks and I'll go from there. But yeah, it's, it's like I said last night, it's, it's weird. It's unexpected. uh, It's really sad. You know, just unfortunate part of life that it has to end.
1: Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, Greg, you want to tell us how we can look uh, look good on a golf course uh, this summer? Uh, I do. I mean, at least in terms of clothing and not, uh, not in scores, terms of swinging yeah. First, the club. do don't look at the scorecard. That's not going to happen uh, for me. Don't
2: look at me <laughs> trying to swing a golf club. It's all uh,
3: about the vibes I on the course. I haven't
2: swung a golf club in probably 50- – I think the last time I swung a golf club was uh, the opening of the 2009-2010 uh, season when the Hawks were in Helsinki. I was at a bachelor party that started at Top Golf.
1: All right. I was listening go. to that game on the radio. Nice. See, uh, Top Golf is fun because you can shank it or hook it
0: or oh, whatever yeah. you want to yeah, do, and you yeah. might still get points. Yeah, Maybe. no one cares.
1: <laughs> <Nah>.
2: <laughs> but anyway, if and when I ever decide to uh, hit the links again, I am ta- calling up our pals, our friends, pins and aces, and I'm going to get hooked up. From head to toe in the best golf apparel. Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of All City and CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gears and it gets tons of compliments on and off the golf course. They're our family owned and operated uh, apparel business. And they make amazing polos. More on that later when it comes to our CHGO golf outing mm-hmm. coming up in about a month. Uh, polos, hats, golf pads, even our favorite beer slash beef sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers or four regulation beef sandwiches right inside your golf bag <laughs> and keeps those drinks cold or those sandwiches warm for the entire round, depending on which... Uh, need you need to quench your thirst or your hunger so check out pinsandaces.com and use the promo code CHGO to receive 15% off your very first order and get free shipping that's one hell of a deal and you can get that at pinsandaces.com
1: yeah and if you want to get uh fitted out in some some branded uh nhl mlb merch go to foco.com to get fitted out in the best sports gear around they've got hoodies shoes signs bobbleheads banana hammocks and everything in between it is baseball season baseball season's underway cubs win aloha shirts straw hats polos bags everything you need for a game and if you look around our lovely set here aside from greg mario and i uh, foco has donated a few awesome pieces for our sets so go show them some love at foco.com click the link in our description below and for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off your order again that is foco.com f-o-c-o.com all right we've got some nhl news and as we have been kind of reserving uh, Wednesdays in the off season is our around the league uh, show. Um, a lot of stuff to get to. I think most importantly, Patrice Bergeron calls it a career. Uh, he is retiring from the Boston Bruins, and uh, a hell of a career by Patrice Bergeron. I think that's that's uh, understating it. Uh, 1,294 games played, 1,040 points. He was a plus 289 five Selkie trophies, one Stanley Cup, uh, just a fantastic all-around player. Six Selkies, right? Uh, it says here five on the uh, on the old hockey reference page, mm-hmm. but maybe it hasn't been updated. Okay. Regardless, several a, Selkies. A lot, the most Selkies. Well, yeah. They may be renaming the award for him eventually. They yeah. Uh, so it got us talking you know, about, about t- how Bergeron was sort of always compared to Jonathan Taves. And... You know, with the hardships Taves has gone through over the last few years and the decline in his game, I think there's a lot of people around the hockey world that have sort of forgotten how great of a player Jonathan Taves was in his prime. There was legitimately a time where NHL GMs were polled that if they could start their organization with one player, who would it be and Jonathan Taze beat out Sidney Crosby that's how good of a player Jonathan Taze was for what would you say about from 2009 to 2016 ish yeah it doesn't tend to
3: t- probably 2010 to 2015 yeah I'd say that yeah, that like was that
2: cup window yeah
3: that was his 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 peak and yeah that thir- that 13 14 15 t- stretch of time um, it was it was you know reg- uh, regarded within within the league that he was arguably one of the top five best players in the league best all-around players um best captains in the league uh that 2014 uh, olympics for team canada i forget where i read the story but he was supposed to be captain for team canada and and decided to kind of go to sydney crosby about it and say hey i actually think you should do it um so i mean that's at that time that regard for that team uh, I don't know what more you need to hear about you know a guy's peak uh in, in in his career and you know we were talking about it before the show Bergeron compared to Tay's, the longevity the the accolades the, the you know the numbers Stanley Cups and all that stuff um both first ballot Hall of Famers I think in in, in the eyes of pretty much everybody and Uh, It's I think it's just Taze's peak, I think, was higher than Bergeron's, as we were talking about before. But the length of maybe not peak, but at least that upper elite level hockey player, that length of time for Bergeron lasted longer than it did for Taze.
1: Yeah, I think there's you know, there's understandably those factors that Taze has dealt with Mm -hmm. that have obviously stunted his later career. Missing an entire season is never easy to bounce back from. I think, you know, the way he performed last year, despite not being in, in very good health for most of the year, was pretty impressive that he can come back and, and be as effective as he was. Now it faded as the year went on, and yeah. he missed, you know, a month or whatever it was there at the end. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that you put it well. Taves had a better peak, but Bergeron had a better long career yeah. than Taves did. But I, I, just, I just get frustrated with – I think there's a lot of factors for it. Um, I mean, look, the last Hawks Stanley Cup was 2015. It was almost 10 years ago. So I think people have just maybe forgotten about how great those teams were. I also think maybe some people have Blackhawks fatigue from them being as good as they were for so long. I think a lot of it is the Kyle Beach stuff where people just don't want to acknowledge that the Hawks were really good at hockey for a really long time. It could be a combination of the three. But there's been a lot of erasure about – the kind of player Jonathan Taze was yeah. during his prime. And I I, I don't want – I know it's not a problem here. I think most people here and watching our show know about it. But acting like Jonathan Taze was some you know, overrated, run-of-the-mill, you know, glorified second-line center like I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about lately is absurd. And it's, it's frankly stupid. It's recency bias. Uh, it, people seen what
3: he was in the last two, three years that he was actually able to play hockey um And then, yeah, you put it, you know, the way you put it, it's just open season to shit on the Blackhawks. Um, so, yeah, those are obviously factors that that come into play. But yeah, I I, I think as time passes, when guys like Bergeron and and, and Tays are are out of the league, I think you're gonna look at it and say like they were pretty comparable players uh over the over the time of their careers and um you know both of them you know leader uh Mestier leadership award winners both of them selkie winners both of them cup winners um yeah just just guys that that when you put them on the biggest stages they they performed and they were performed consistently for a very long time uh throughout their careers so uh it's 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 interesting the um uh Jay fresh Hockey uh, data guy. he uh, he put out there I'm gonna go I'm gonna find it as I'm describing it. he He compiled the lists of uh, balloting from the Selkie awards over the span of uh, Patrice Bergeron's entire career. and it was just the the numbers were just absolutely shocking and and I don't think we're gonna see a player of this caliber have numbers like this. Uh, anytime soon. It's it's something that's really impressive. From 2000, or not his entire career, but from 2011 to 2012, uh, from that season to the 2022-23 season, so that's 12 years, 1,941 Selkie Trophy ballots were submitted. 1,785 of them included Patrice Bergeron, which was 92%. And of those... 1,941 ballots, 937 seven of them had Bergeron in first place, which is 48% of the votes. So over a 12-year span from 2011-2012 to 2022-23 last season, uh, 48% of all Sulky Trophy first-place votes went to Patrice Bergeron. Like, I I, I, I don't think we're going to see a, def, a player for that award, as funky as it can be sometimes, I don't think we're going to see something like that for a very long time, where a player wins it six times in a 12-season span. Yeah,
1: that's no. that's
2: insane. And I mean, if they voted for wingers, Hosa would have done that, but that's they only right. vote for centers. My friend.
1: <laughs> it's a conspiracy against the wingers. And uh, someone said in the chat, too, about the injuries he was dealing with during the 2013 Cup Final. Uh, he had played the final game of the series with cracked ribs, torn cartilage, and a punctured lung. Ugh. Suffered in Game 5. Plus, a separated shoulder sustained during the first period of Game 6. That's the 2013 Cup Final against the Hawks. Uh, Patrice Bergeron is a total warrior. Which he lost my friend. That's right. Who won that series, my friends? Hey, here's, I'm
2: going to bark go total meatball. Yes, Patrice, I don't mean to interrupt you. Patrice Bergeron, ultimate warrior. Not the wrestler, but the hockey <laughs> player. Like, just exactly what, like, he's hockey culture. The good things about hockey culture personified. Yes.
3: Absolutely. Uh, yes. He's he's a guy you would want to lead any team that you have.
2: Absolutely, but I'm gonna go total meatball fan right now. Here's the only stats that matter when you compare Taves to Bergeron: Stanley Cup Final record. There you go. <laughs> Jonathan Taves, three and zero. Yeah. Patrice Bergeron, one and two. One of those losses against Jonathan Taves. That's right. That's true. So you can give me all the numbers you can. Three Stanley Cups to one. <laughs> Let the rings speak for themselves. You know, yep. thankfully, yep. Bergeron, they beat the Canucks in 2011. They did the Lord's work. <laughs> but they canceled that out by allowing the Blues to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, in that's true. Can't Never forgive them for that. for that. That's true. Can't that's forgive almost,
1: that. 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 was a hard cup final to root for. It really yeah. was. <laughs> it's actually worse than being the Blues is allowing the Blues to beat you for a Stanley Cup. Yeah. yeah. That's actually more, more egregious to me. A um, couple other bits of news. <laughs> Guys, I'm really concerned. Matt Murray is suddenly unable to play hockey yeah, yeah. the Maple Leafs are just going to put him on long-term injured reserve. It's amazing long-term. how he
2: went from being medically cleared to play in the playoffs <laughs> and a healthy scratch to now all of a sudden being too hurt to play. Piss off with this nonsense! Yeah, I'm sorry. I saw a lot of Toronto Maple Leaf fans over the summer complaining about Mark Stone and the salary cap mm. circumvention, circumvention that the uh, Maple uh, that the Golden Knights use when it's not that's that's a rule that you can. There's no salary cap in the playoffs, like it or not. It's a rule they used it to their advantage all of a sudden now matt murray can't play there needs to be an investigation into this this ain't right something's fishy here prove to me not a note from dr nick riviera either like i need like an official (laughs) i need an official like real doctor telling me show me the body yeah like why can't all of a sudden this clown can't play yeah what is what is the ailment Because
3: if he was being bad at hockey, if he was cleared, if he was (laughs) cleared to play two months ago in the playoffs, what has changed? There's no, there's no re-injury. If if he's cleared to play, then why can't he be cleared to play now? Yeah, it's 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 very, uh, very fishy and very convenient uh, that his gigantic salary cap can just be tucked away on LTIR. Same, uh, with, same
2: with Jake Muzzin, but I think Jake Muzzin's
3: I think Muzzin hurt. is actually... He's actually hurt. Screwed uh, yeah. for, for his health. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I saw it from uh, from Puckpedia. With Muzzin and Murray going on LTIR, all they'll have to do to be cap-compliant is clear, like 1.3 million or something like that. So, I mean, you send... Get the Hawk se- shape McKay back. And just send, yeah, you send somebody down to the AHL to begin the year or whatever,
1: and... You'll be fine. They'll figure it out. They'll do the yeah. Jack Skilly uh, bus riding thing. where He's yeah, sure. scratching, unscratched and sent down and called up. Yeah, all the so, time.
3: But but I mean, they still, even being at the cap ceiling to start the season is not good. No, you still well, got to move something. Yeah, especially you got to move some money. A,
2: you you got to imagine they're going to want to do some sort of wheelings and dealings at the trade deadline. Yeah, and you're gonna have no to cap space. You can't add. You have to swap. You know, you have to take something away to get something. Yeah. Even with Matt
1: Murray, wait a minute. I'm looking at with Muzzin Cap Friendly. They're they're like 12 million over the cap. They're still still with Matt Murray and Muzzin. No, 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 no. So that that's total. Because they have them on LTIR on Cap Friendly, and they're still that. Cause that's what it says. the
3: way it was laid out was was that they have they're like 12, 13 million over the cap, but you put Muzzin and Murray on LTIR, and then they they just need to clear like. One point three
1: or something was the number. I don't. know okay, well maybe so that your math is correct because I don't think they. It put says that, ltir candidate. Uh, yeah, because they LTR doesn't go kick in until the season uh, until actually the season starts. starts. Yeah, so okay, that will go away so from their cap. That, that is between starts. those two, it's ten million three hundred twelve thousand five hundred, and they are currently twelve million three hundred eighty one thousand four hundred fifty dollars over the cap. What did so, the Leafs yeah.
2: give Matt Murray? What's his contract?
1: That's uh, big. it is 4.6875 for how many more years I think this is it just two years I'm trying to see here uh, yes this is the final year of the contract they should be punished for signing into that deal anyway I mean <laughs> once I saw, thought that that was a good idea somebody mentioned in the chat too that Maple Leafs fans were all very mad about the Marion Hosa thing and everyone some was. guy from Winnipeg mentioned that I saw you call that. out that
2: guy you called him out or I was going to
1: call him it's out like, like read a book dude. read something like do a bit of research like Go go look at the pictures in Marion Hosa's book, and then tell even, me that was salary cap circumvention. Even if you think that it was fabricated, tell me the scenario in which the Hawks were better off without Marion Hosa. Right? There's no way, and it's not like they used that money to go sign a huge free agent or something. That yeah. Hosa leaving was like the start of the decline for them. Yeah, like, that's that's what started the downward arrow for the Hawks. Like, come on, that's it's just ignorance. Like, I get, and look. Seabrook's circumvention? Of course. Like they've done it before. Yeah.
2: Hey, it, why it, don't you go get those nine it, surgeries you've been needing for the last year? Right, get them all right. at once. Exactly. Of
1: course, teams circumvent the cap because they have to. Yes. But like the hosted thing is a horrible thing to cite. Again, that's your whole Mario, it's open season of shit on the Blackhawks thing. Yeah. Um It is. And I guess that's you know, you you when you let something like that happen on your watch, you kinda leave yourself open for that, but Man, like if you consider yourself someone that follows a game of hockey, if you're still on the Marion Hosa thing was a capture convention, like you said, pick up a book. It's right there. It's, Pick up his book. Yeah,
3: read his book. It's, it is
1: harrowing. Look, yeah. oh, take the, take a look at the pictures he
2: put in there. That's yes. all you need to see. don't and have he, to read it because I don't know if that guy can read. So, like, just look <laughs> at the pictures. There's pictures for you.
1: I've Mr. been on Mr. his Winnipeg podcast radio before. Guy. Yeah, he, he's good and he's he's a good dude. I've been on his show before. But open foot and you know, like, open dude, mouth, insert foot. Come on now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was on. Like re- like rejection drugs that usually organ transplant uh, patients get. He was get. he
3: was basically taking uh, chemo chemo yeah. level pills right to to play hockey. You can't do that. Your no. body your body will eventually completely shut down. Yeah. Uh, it's so insane
2: what the man went through to to win that yeah. last Stanley Cup. And people yeah. still uh, people still take
3: you know pot shots at that when you say oh he's having one last game he's like oh I thought he was allergic he's playing one game in which he hasn't played in the last six years right the one game is not going to all of a sudden re-aggravate to the level that he was experiencing it's one game he's probably not even going to wear full pads probably just wear a jersey and, and pants
2: and be fine. So, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, if, if you're a fan of the legendary number 81, you can get our legendary 81 That's right. shirt. That's true. 50% off right now. Now through Sunday chgolocker.com chgo Also our Chicago our CHGO hockey shirt is also 50% off. Plus, there's some other great stuff from our other shows too, but right mm-hmm. there that beautiful 81 legendary shirt, 50% off at chgo locker.
1: Yeah, and I saw the uh, the number 98 designs are starting to ship out, too. Yes, yes. they are en in, in route. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting getting both of those uh, at some point. Yeah, keep your eye on your mailboxes. And if you want one, uh, chgolocker.com. And as always, diehard save uh, 20% on all merch. And by the way... I saw someone in the chat ask, how do you become a diehard? Very easy to do that. (laughs) Go to allchgo.com to sign up. You'll get access to all of our great written content. You'll get a free shirt or hat upon sign up. Uh, You will get uh, discounts on all of our events and all of our merch from there on out. That includes our our golf outing, which we're going to tell you about later. Our uh, takeovers, the uh, Cubs and Sox takeover Mm -hmm. at guaranteed rate is tonight. That one is sold out, but the the Cubs series is, is coming up. So there's always great stuff. we got Bears tailgates for every home game, mm-hmm. which are a great time. So sign up to be a diehard. Once you get the free shirt and once you go to an event or two, thing pays for itself. And then every year upon renewal, you get another free shirt or hat of your choice at sign up. So take advantage of it. And then anytime we have these 50% off deals, you can still apply that code and save an extra 20%. Yeah. So it just it pays for itself. and And, and really, it helps us keep – Giving you all the content we give you, you know yeah. we're going to give you six podcasts this week. We're happy to do it, but those diehard memberships are one of the way we drive revenue, and uh, we appreciate it. So if you like what we're doing here, uh, consider becoming a diehard. Gift subscriptions are available as well. So if you got a friend who doesn't know about us or maybe can't afford it at this point in your life, help them out. Give them a diehard membership as a gift as well. Um, other news around the league. The guy I wanted the Hawks to sign, the big free agent <laughs> Sebastian Aho, is he now off the it. market. Yeah. I, I did. Was saying, I say, wasn't that just Monday? It's yesterday. That, we talked that was that? yesterday, Monday too. Was that yeah. Yesterday. Jeez. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah well, Sebastian
3: Aho, eight years, nine point seven five per year in Carol- Carolina. Good cap hit for Carolina. That's yeah. That's a great. Yep. That's a great deal for him. Great deal for for Carolina and smart on both sides. No no reason to uh, not invest in him. And like it's it's definitely part of what the hurricanes are trying to do to to keep their contention window extended as long as possible um, yeah he was one of those uh, not this was it this summer's yeah this summer's uh, upcoming free agent class he's one of those guys that was in that top top level of, of player that we thought oh you know if it's not the biggest dog, one of them but uh, yeah uh, I I didn't think Ajo was ever going to reach free agency. Um, And then this afternoon
2: came to fruition. As soon as July 1st hit, there was a lot of chatter that they've been working and trying to get this done. So I never expected him to hit a free agency. There was a lot of, you know, more of perfect scenario type when we were talking about him being a target this summer. (coughs) It's good for Carolina. Good for him. When I saw the 9.75 cap, it it actually made me look up like, to the google machine yeah does north carolina have state income tax (laughs) because i was thinking like you know one of those they do um it's not that not as high as other states but i thought you know maybe that's how they were able to because it's probably less money than he gets on the uh free market
1: Yeah, I would think more years, I think. Yeah, but I think what what was appealing to me though with for him as a free agent was it's not gonna be that Matthews dry settle cost that you're gonna have to eventually pay Bedard. Right. You know, so you can you can have your B option, Mm -hmm. you know, make a nine or eight or whatever and and still be a very, very worthwhile compliment to Connor Bedard. Yeah. But cross him off. Cross in I guess William List. Nylander becomes the new focus for everybody, right? Mm, okay.
3: Yes, I want everyone to be very angry when he becomes a Blackhawk.
1: Then the Hawks, well, the Hawks will have be the all. only team in history to have every Nylander Man, play for them. And maybe we yeah. finally get a good one. Put that on puck. Michael Nylander was good. <laughs> he was a, he great. wasn't
2: good when he, he was... He was a very, he was a good NHL player, but again, like in most situations, we got him towards the tail end of his career when he wasn't
1: quite I as will good not stand as he for was. This. Michael Nylander he was, was a good wasn't player. Wasn't
3: he a point-per-game player for, the, uh, like, two no, seasons he was there? not
1: quite. He, so, had, uh, he played one, two, three, four seasons with the Hawks. Who am I thinking of? Uh, the four seasons, only nine games. But he had 61 points, 64 points, both of those in 82 games, and a 51-point season in 66 games. Now, remember... The teams he was on, though, <laughs> <laughs> he was not on in the most garbage. stacked Blackhawks teams. The 99-2000 roster was Tony Amante, very good, of course, Steve Sullivan, Alexei Jamnov, Doug Gilmore, Michael Nylander, and then a banged-up Eric Daze. And then from there, ooh, boy, Dean McCammond, Joseph Marha, J.P. Dumont, Blair Achenham. <laughs> yeah, J.Y. LaRue, Michael Groshek, oh boy. Which, mm. which, which trade was that? They got Groshek, was he in the Gilmore trade too? It was a Buffalo, I thought we got him from Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah, what was it? Might trade? have been the Gilmore trade, because it was... Oh get- yeah, because that trade happened during the year. So Groshek came back for Gilmore. Yeah. It was,
2: was it Gilmore, was it Groshek and J.T. Dumont? Or did Dumont yes, go the other way? Yes, I believe that's right.
1: No, I think, it was, I think it was Gilmore and Dumont for Groshek for and something else. Not, well, yeah, very. It was a very gross trade. God. Yes. <laughs> By the way, a fun uh, Doug Gilmore story. I was at a Hawks game in the 300 level back in the day. Doug Gilmore story, and there, there, there was too. some dude just like giving it to Doug Gilmore to scream you. Suck Gilmore, you suck! And he's yelling and yelling and yelling the whole game, and then he peed his pants.
2: Doug Gilmore or the guy. The yelling? guy. I don't know. if Doug <laughs> I couldn't tell what the black breezers on, but the guy was just standing
1: there screaming, and all of a sudden he stopped. So we all looked back, and we just saw like the puddle form. Oh god. Like, Ooh, that guy's had a lot. He has had a lot to drink. So, oh man, Steve McCarthy. Remember Steve McCarthy? Go to number five. Big he bit. hit my wife with an errant puck at, uh, at the edge in Bensonville. <laughs> there you go. Jeez. I mean, that was a that's a bad team. Like Tony Money was, was great. Some
2: some horrible team. All right, I'll I'll. I'll <laughs> Apologize for some of my uh, Michael was, Nylander slander. He, he was, was a real, g- he was real
1: a g- smooth skater, gr- really nice playmaker. Not surprisingly, pretty soft. Um, but he was an effective. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. Yeah, for a second line center, he was pretty good. So, all right, what else we got around Still the here? I, <laughs> I mean, I don't want William Nylander to be the the well, prize. He's,
2: he wants ten. I'm not giving him ten.
1: I don't know. Uh, maybe it's, it's sort of tell Maybe it's ten Toronto. in
3: Toronto. Maybe if it's if it's open market and Bessie's getting is nine. I don't know. I, I feel that's, like
2: that's, maybe maybe that's the kind that's of guy
1: a, who can get a bidding war going. I'd
2: rather I'd rather wait to the following summer and see what happens with Drysaddle or Rantanen Rantanen's
3: very. Yeah, I mean, I'd love Drysaddle, but he's gonna be so expensive. Drysaddle's gonna be more expensive than Nylander What's better. the odds that Rantanen hits the market? We'll see. Eventually, uh, Colorado's
2: yeah. got to stop paying everybody. Like, someone's uh, going to get sacrificed sure. eventually. No, I agree, um, but we'll see. Yeah, um, I don't know. Toronto's got a lot of a uh, lot of decisions. Not a lot of easy decisions coming up. And no matter what they do, um, you know, people are going to be. Some people will be outraged. Some people will be happy. Um, but they gotta do something. But apparently they're not doing anything this year. They're gonna go right back with it with the same group, sure. and then act surprised when they get eliminated from well, the. Well, they added the if playoffs. they
1: if they go back with the core four, which it looks like they're gonna, and they add Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi. So it's, it's a much better team if they don't lose anybody big. Hmm. Uh, you're you're hoping and praying
3: that everyone's healthy, and you don't have to. Uh, if you have if you have a fully healthy club going in going into the trade deadline and playoffs because you have no cap space, sure. Hopefully that works out for you, but I don't know. That's you got uh, Simsonov in net. He has had one pretty decent season. Is he is he is he reliable enough defensively? Uh, you got Klingberg there. That's good for offense, but yeah, not good Not great defensively. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's we've I've, we've seen this movie too many times, to I believe in it. It's, it's a lot of the makeup is the same.
0: Questions and not qu- questions, coach either. Uh,
3: questions defensively. Questions in net. What is your what is your forward depth going to provide you? And then all coaching questions like
2: all it's going to take is one all the overtime same. playoff loss for them to get the here we go again vibe again. I
3: think there's going to be some of the pressure some of the pressure of the first round exit jinx being off of them a little bit because they got out of the first round last year but then you got your ass handed to you by the panthers yeah. who your fans Here's wanted your you ass. to play yeah. um so i don't know it's you might as well have lost the in the first round it's finest and it's going to be interesting to see what happens they're there. Still, Yeah, they, They're still a, t- a top five, six team in the league. Like I have no sure. doubts that they're going to be a top just, top seed in the East. But
2: They're a great regular what are you season gonna do team. You I there? just don't believe that that core together can get it done when it matters most. I yeah. think they're they a very fragile team mentally, and that goes yeah. a long way. The second you face adversity, they turtle. You know, that that was we've said it many times about the Hawks Stanley Cup runs. They were mentally tough. That's yeah. why they, they had resiliency. They kept coming at you. They didn't care. Down three two in a series, got you right where you want you. Down three one in a series, we'll chip away at it one game at a time. Yep. Maple Leafs lose a game and they're like, Well, well, we tried.
3: Well, that's why they brought in <laughs> Ryan
1: Reeves to yeah, for three fi- years to fix the fragility. Don't forget about that. That's why that's why we need a fart noise sound effect here. Like do we, Sarah? Do we have a fart noise sound effect?
0: We don't. I've actually All said right. the same thing. I literally told Lawrence, I was like, "We need more little. Give me some some noises. plain white bread. Maybe someone
1: over there. I we'll get some fart? fart noises in here. <laughs> I can conjure one up if we need to. I just don't think anyone wants. Yeah, to I mean, be I could real. record some at home Someone's or. A gonna be a car pink ride. guy for this microphone if I do that.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't have a family.
3: <laughs> oh, we got that one. I yeah, got that. Like, yeah. you Never know, losing that. that one. Good enough. And
0: then you have your Detroit Sox and then, your, uh, then the goal horn one, which that one's good. Oh,
1: we'll save good. that for when they score some goals. <laughs> um, all right, last little bit of news from around the league. Our buddy Craig Morgan at PHNX reporting that there is momentum towards Logan Cooley signing his entry-level contract to play for the Coyotes this season. Now, if you remember, it's crazy. it looked like Logan Cooley was going to go back to Minnesota for his sophomore year, um, but now it seems to be that Logan Cooley is going to play yeah. for the Arizona Coyotes this year. I wonder what changed. Me too. I don't know. Because it was always – he waited until the,
3: the arena stadium deal. referendum, yeah.
2: and then when that failed, it was kind of like, nope, I'm going back to Minnesota, which made everybody freak out saying, oh, he's never signing here. hmm and now here we are,
1: two months later. Should we speculate wildly?
2: Yes. I mean? What else are we going to do? Some sort just of crazy conspiracy is happening in Minnesota. Mm. I think aliens. Aliens. I Clearly. think he was just too afraid to lose his job to Oliver Moore, and he was like, "Screw it, I'm out of here." That's there true. you go. That Fair kid enough. is so much better than That's. me. I don't want him to embarrass <laughs> yeah. me. Eat my lunch at practice every day. I don't want it. I'm out of here. I can't take it.
1: Well, that has to be the reason. We got to take up. We have issue with our buddy Cam Robinson now. <laughs> who <laughs> yeah. went on Twitter and said that he could give Connor Bedard a run for his money for the Calder? I Lo- mean, Logan, he, Coo- ah, he could. Logan He's right. could. He's right. He's not, yeah. but he could. <laughs> Don't L- think so. Look, I,
2: I, I like Logan Cooley. I think, Lo-
3: I think Logan Cooley is a, a fantastic player. He probably could have played for uh, Arizona last year and been a regular NHLer and. Contributed to them getting the sixth and twelfth picks, um, and yeah, I think I think what we saw from him last year at Minnesota was really encouraging. I, don't, I have no doubts that he can step into the NHL, step into that Coyotes roster, play an elevated role, and, and have a pretty uh, impressive rookie season. Is it going to be more impressive than Connor Bedard's? I don't believe that to be true. No. Um, but also from Cam, like, look at this r- potential rookie class. That is going to be uh, all vying for or have a chance to, you know, go for to the, finish col- in the second the Calder, place to Connor Calder Trophy as rookie of the year. Connor Bedard, Logan Cooley, Adam Fantilli, devin Levi, Brant Clark, Luke Hughes, Matthew Nyes is still eligible, I guess. David Eurisek, Shane Wright, Simon Edvinson, Dustin Wolf, William eklund and Owen Zellweger. Good rookie Ooh, class. That's, kind of What right. a What a rookie class Like that hey, is insane Renee Zellweger plays That's from uh,
1: yeah. Chappelle show the, <laughs> the wife swap episode Which is one of the great ones Who's uh, Renee Zellweger <laughs> um, Yeah they're all gonna lose To Conor Bedard Thanks God. Unless you've got the uh, The and voter That's just gonna well, be Well see
2: that's where The Matthew Nees thing Comes in Because I worry about The people eh, in Toronto And the East Coast I think saying, there's more people That hate the Leafs So than love them yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna have the you're gonna have the. Well, that was that was
3: in the athletic. Yeah. All votes except one. Yeah, I wonder who the for one Connor vote for Connor Bedard,
2: Matthew Nees was. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, rhymes with turtle.
3: <laughs> Chris, Chris in the chat says McDavid lost the Calder to Panarin. You never know. Because he was hurt. Yeah, though. it's because he only played half the season. He, and got, he broke, broke his, his collar collarbone. Bone. Yeah. Had he
2: played the full season, Panarin doesn't win that award.
3: Yeah, he would have scored ninety points. He was on pace for ninety points that yeah. year as a Is that a good? That's pretty good. That when we did our uh, little, you know, r- rookies to score seventy or more in the last twenty years, I think the highest was was a Barzal with like eighty two or yeah. something like that. It would have been McDavid.
2: Yeah, so, no doubt. Yeah, I that. think so. Yeah, it'll be. It's gonna be fun. I think a lot of those guys, you know, in any other season without Connor Bedard, you know, would be an amazing collar race. Yeah. And it, it's still it's probably going to be a lot closer than we like to think but I mean come on it's Connor Bedard's reward to lose. If we if we're saying Connor Bedard
3: could be in the 75 point range is there is there any reason a guy like Cooley or Fantilli couldn't also be close to that range?
2: Maybe. Uh, I don't know about Fantilli. I don't know if Fantilli is going to be the dynamic goal point producer right out of the gate cuz he won't have to be. He's got a team that's no, got some, that's some true. better players. So he's yeah. gonna get he's not gonna be a top line guy from day one like Bedard will be. That's true. So uh and Cooley, if he plays, you know I mean him and Keller together is
1: gonna be yeah. pretty darn good. Hey, um, I'm just I'm just glad to see the coyotes actually like seemingly trying to get better. They're at least given the We're appearance to go they, for they are. it. They yeah.
3: put together a better roster this year than last year for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like Probably because they're not
3: trying to tank, but also, like, the the point you made uh, yesterday about, you know, some GMs build teams, some GMs fill out a roster. It seems like for a long time Phoenix... Uh, Arizona well you can I, go take it back to the yeah, Phoenix. you could take it back to <laughs> Phoenix too yeah they were just kind of filling out They're rosters filling out the roster, yeah. and na- now it seems like with a lot of the young talent that they brought in um potentially having Dylan Gunther and Logan Cooley playing on uh, playing this year along with uh Clayton Culler along with uh, Matias Maselli like you see the young players coming in making a difference um yeah I I think I I think it would be great for our colleagues at phnx if the coyotes started operating as a real hockey team and had some real interesting things to do on the ice rather than worry about where they're going to have that
1: ice
2: Absolutely. must be the so. matching suits they find what i happens. think too
1: i you know having a team that is resembling an nhl team like you said and is trying to build something and is trying to win and has exciting young players if you get the if you capture the imagination of voters Let's say, hey, the Coyotes are looking better, right? Yeah, let's vote yes now. You know what I mean? Well, like that's part of it too. If you had a winning team, it'd be a lot easier to get an arena. Absolutely, and maybe they're finally, finally learning that because some of the moves they made this off season, like bringing in uh, Dursey and some of the other things they did, mm-hmm. they are what you're talking about building a team, you know. And with Cooley and 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 uh, and the rest of the young talent they've got there, they're an arrow pointed up organization for sure. And uh, I hope th- I hope it stays that way. Because, I don't know, for the sake of our pals, I wanted to work there. Yeah. You know? Yes.
2: Perfect. For no other reason, I hope they get good <laughs> for, for Petey, Leah, and, and Craig and the yeah. whole
1: PHNX. And I like those uniforms. Yeah. The old school uh, Coyotes. Yeah.
3: Keep, you, you If they were to relocate, you, you can't keep that because it's. What's well, it's the biggest you
0: can, go
1: to Utah. you can go to Utah and be the Coyotes. If the Utah Jazz but can exist. But you can't exist, keep the jerseys. The Utah Coyotes can exist. That's true. Can't keep the jerseys. There's no though. jazz in Utah. This is science.
0: There's probably,
1: coy- <laughs> there's probably coyotes in Utah. My great.
2: Well, no,
3: I'd
1: there's, imagine there's probably North-
2: some jazz in Utah. Like I bet you there's a lot of like Kenny there, G uh, fans Kenny in Utah. <laughs> Utah. <laughs> That's technically jazz. I guess, yeah, technically. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, coyotes are quite common in Utah. There yes, you go. So you don't have to change there anything. There you go. I'm Boom. just saying
3: the Kachina Yeah, you can't have the Kachina can't I mean. have those jerseys. Said they have like cuz it's something all, Mormon cuz it's all Arizona based. Uh they could just, you know, do the uh, white white shirt, black tie, and black pants? There you go. <laughs> a little, little Just uh, go
1: back to the Cooperalls, just yeah, black Cooperalls, yeah. and an all white jersey with just a black stripe down the middle. Perfect, beautiful. They all look like Michael Douglas from falling down. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Exactly. All right. Hey, what are you doing August twenty fifth? Well, scratch it off because you're coming to the CHGO Big Drive Energy Pins and Aces CHGO kickoff classic golf tournament at cog hill number two that is the ravines course again 9 a.m august 25th cog hill be there you can sign up as an individual a twosome or a foursome and once again if you're a diehard you'll get a promo code email events at allcitynetwork.com to receive your discount code for the tournament your entry fee includes 18 holes with a cart an exclusive Pins and Aces tea gift for every player, access to the limited edition Pins and Aces CHGO Polo, hole contest, great giveaways and prizes for contest holes, winning teams and last place, lunch, drinks and a ceremony after the round. You can sponsor a hole, sponsor the tournament. If you want to, go to allchgo.com, navigate over to our events tab, click that CHGO Kickoff Classic link. All the information, including the email address to get your promo code as a diehard, And if you want to sponsor a hole, are all on that info page, allchgo.com. Come join us August 25th at Cog Hill for the CHGO Kickoff Classic. It should be an awesome, awesome time. Yeah, I'm I'm
3: very much looking forward to it. And as someone who has looked up tee times and uh, greens fees at Cog Hill before, your uh, entry fee to the uh, event pays for the 18 holes with the cart. Everything else is gravy on top of it all. So... It's gonna be a great time. Mm, hopefully, creepy. we get some uh, hopefully get some good weather uh, out there for the uh, for the event. So we have a nice, bright, sunny day, nice warm day. And when it's a bright, sunny, warm day, uh, while you have your shady rays on, reach into your cooler and pull out a nice cold Goose Island beer because they are the proud beer sponsor of us here at CHGO, and they have been Chicago's beer since 1988 when you reach into your cooler it might be a goose ipa the six-time medal winner at the great american beer fest which is always in style with a citrus aroma and bold hop finish or it might be the tropical beer hug the dry hopped imperial ipa that is dangerously easy to drink at a 9.9 abv could also be the full pocket pills the everyday beer that the goose island beer brewers are drinking or to match the golden sun up in the sky, you get the golden can, the three one two, the wheat ale, the staple of Goose Island's extensive beer roster, and you can get deep into that extensive roster, grabbing ultra fresh brewery exclusive beers at their Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or you can go to their tap room in Fulton, uh, in West Town, on Fulton Street. Again, that's the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer.
1: All right, tomorrow. We are at the Card Show, the National Sports Collectors Convention in Rosemont. If you're going, look for us. We're going to be there all day. It's not just us. It'll be every CHGO show. We'll be live from the National Sports Collectors yep. Convention. Starting at 11, I believe. Yeah, or, I think 11 a.m. is the first is show. Our first show. We'll be on yep. at 2, our normal yeah. time. Should be an awesome time. I've never been to this before. I've heard awesome things about it. Uh, maybe I'll come home with a little piece of memorabilia. Yeah. I used to collect those um, those McFarlane sports, like the really detailed. yeah. Uh, hockey guys, I still have a Chelios and a Tebow and a Ronick in my office. Yeah, I think I need to add a new one to the collection, so maybe I'll do that. See tomorrow. if see if something's there. Mm-hmm.
3: You can you can go to their uh, website and look at the roster of people who will be there. Uh, it starts today. The people who are uh, former athletes are all showing up. Um, it's a who's who from from all different sports. Uh, there's been there's some some great Chicago uh, former Chicago athletes as well. On the hockey side of things, Yarmir Yager is going to be there this week. Like, we'll try.
2: Like, hey, we had Marianne on. You know, we'll, we'll do our best to try.
3: Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be gonna be an awesome time if you're if you're coming out tomorrow. Uh, come out, say hi to all your favorite CHGO uh, sports friends, and uh, also on tomorrow's show, uh, we're gonna have a little time with uh, Eric Andrews, who is a co-host of the Center Ice Cardcast. Cast. Uh, he's also uh, with the rink.com. So he's going to jump on, he is huge into uh, card collecting and sports memorabilia, so we'll have him on there talk a little bit of uh, shop with that with regards to Blackhawks and hockey cards and all that and I think he's got some uh some cards that maybe the uh the players you were listing earlier today, Jay, we might find some hockey cards for <laughs> some of those players. Give me a uh, Steve Sullivan card. Yeah, so we'll uh we'll talk with Eric a little bit tomorrow too. This
2: should be fun. I'm going nice. to get there early tomorrow
1: to check out the convention. Yeah, spends, I'm going to wander around spend, a little bit. Spend some yeah, money take, I don't, take I don't have. Take a lap or two, yeah. yeah. Then me and Rick Camp from the Fat Podcast are going to Shack's Big Chicken after the show. So Shack's Big Chicken? Shack just opened a chicken restaurant. Mike,
0: That's my cousin's favorite chicken place because he goes to Northwestern and they have a place. They have a, what is it, a Shack's Chicken?
1: Shaq's, Shaq's big, Shaq something, big something Yeah, they have a
0: location there. Very popular now. I don't know why it's now. not called Chicken Shaq. <laughs> it's becoming the new, like, yeah, Canes S-A-J-Q. now. Like, do they
1: have more than one sauce?
0: I don't. I've never been. Don't get me I've started just been, on that. I've been hearing all about it though. Raising
1: Canes is good, but how about a second sauce?
0: No, uh, do not. Oh, but that sauce is some, the box. Canes some, is pretty, pretty amazing. I love it
1: too, but Sometimes you can't. Simplicity. You can't throw me a
2: barbecue sauce. All I, I need is one sauce. It goes a long way. I just need one. I'm a big fan of the toast you get at
1: Raising Canes. That is good. Yeah. I'm a big fan of <laughs> that. And, uh, unneeded and horrible for I you. I like it though. No, it's really good. But I would just love. Hey, how about like? It's like Texas. A barbecue toast, right? sauce too. Bring your own sauce.
0: Yeah, bring your own. Like in my sleeve. You can't tell me, like Buddy
1: the Elf with maple syrup. You can't tell me
2: you don't (laughs) have McDonald's barbecue sauce. I don't. So here's a weird thing about
1: me. (laughs) A weird thing about me is I can't mix brands. So like, my buddy Rick Rick Camp for the Fat Podcast can go like he'll get a Wendy's burger. And oh, McDonald's yeah. fries I can't mix brands Run the gauntlet I feel that So no. I can't yeah. I can't go bring McDonald's barbecue sauce To Burger King It's not right It's not how it's supposed to be
0: I agree with that But
1: yeah. if Cane's doesn't Give you a barbecue sauce not You're not to mixing be. brands They it's have not ketchup to be, but it's not about but what,
3: So what about like A barbecue sauce That's just a barbecue sauce Like, like Sweet Baby Ray's Or something like that And just
1: bring that For my Raising Cane's You can do I'll that I'll try it Bring a little Tupperware container full of your favorite barbecue sauce, (laughs) like a a little like a little uh, paint palette of different barbecue sauces. Bring your own flight. I should. Uh, flight, <laughs> of <barbecue> <laughs> flight of barbecue sauces. Flight of
3: barbecue sauces. All right. That good idea. Great. I think you got, I think you got, that's what you got us for one for, uh, for each strip.
1: That's what I think you a a hot sauce or whatever. Just, uh, various yeah, various barbecues. Yeah. 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 Good. Bring bring four different sauces, one for each chicken tender. There you go. I like it. Yeah. Good idea. That's it. We're getting raisin canes. All right. We'll see everybody tomorrow at the card show, and we'll talk to you at two o'clock on a CHTO Blackhawks podcast. Thanks, Sarah.